0: The FT. Hello and welcome to Hard Currency, the FT's weekly Forex podcast, taking a hard look at what's driving the world's largest financial market. I'm Alice Ross, the FT's markets correspondent, and I'll be talking you through the market trends with the help of my special guest, Alan Ruskin, foreign exchange strategist at Deutsche Bank. Alan, let's start with the euro. We've seen the single currency testing historical lows, trading under 118 against the dollar, which is close to where it started. Back in 1999, and is lower even than during the market mayhem of the Eurozone debt crisis years. All this is, of course, because investors are expecting quantitative easing from the European Central Bank soon, while the contrast with the US Federal Reserve, which is expected to raise interest rates this year, is making the slide even more pronounced. Alan, what's your prediction for the next ECB meeting? How soon will we see QE, in your opinion, and is it priced into the Euro yet, or could we see further falls?
1: Yes, in my personal opinion, we will see quantitative easing announced from the ECB at this coming ECB meeting. And I think the big debate is how large a sovereign quantitative easing package will we actually get? And then secondly, will this be on the ECB's balance sheets or will it be on the national central bank's balance sheets?
0: And in terms of where the euro will go, how will those factors affect how much the euro is likely to slide? I think
1: quantitative easing uh, in some form is largely priced in. So it's going to be a little bit about the nuance, the scale of the package, and this mutualization issue as to whether it actually does fit on the ECB's balance sheet. But if the ECB actually does deliver quantitative easing, if it's a package of at least 500 billion euros, then... Quite frankly, I think that's largely priced in the market. And I don't think the euro is going to respond negatively, at least. It might even be a little bit of profit taking on the news.
0: Mm, Okay, so we'll need to see more than 500 billion. Well, that brings us to the issue, you know, what are the upside risks for the euro? Because there's so much consensus that the euro is on a weakening path. And we've seen in previous years that when everyone thinks the euro is going to go down, it often goes up instead. So what do you think could risk this um, kind of consensus view that the euro is still going down?
1: Firstly, I would say that the euro-negative view is... Very well founded, that it's based on policy divergences as far as I can see. The German two year yield in five years' time is still below the current US two year yield. So that tells you something about the forces against the euro. That said, in the short term, if we had some real clarification in terms of Greek politics, and that's only likely after the Greek election, then that would be one important factor. Secondly, I do think that there's some exaggerated fears about how weak the euro economy is i think the decline in oil prices will actually be supportive for european growth and possibly also european equities so those are some helpful factors but again we need to get rid of some of the political uncertainties before the euro could maybe balance on a technical basis
0: and mm. um, what about, uh, given that possible volatility in the euro, what do you, what's your opinion about possibly using carry trades with the euro this year, given that the euro has been a lot weaker? Would it make sense to borrow euros to invest elsewhere, or will the euro just be too volatile for carry trades this year, in your opinion?
1: It's possible that one could use the euro as a funding currency. I certainly wouldn't use the dollar as a funding currency. I think it's preferable to be short euros versus the dollar. The dollar, I think, will outperform all other major currencies. But if one is having to look at carry, then I think the problems you have with carry over the next year or so is that emerging market growth is generally decelerating. When you get that deceleration in growth, you've typically seen commodity prices weaker. Terms of trades have moved against a lot of the carry currencies. And actually, carry isn't that high. The nominal interest rates in a lot of the other countries, if anything, is not as high as it once was. So in general, you're not being rewarded as much as far as carry is concerned. So it is, I think, as it often is a case of picking up pennies in front of the steamroller, on the carry side. In this case, the steamroller is quite close by. And I generally would recommend avoiding thinking in terms of carry on anything other than a technical sort of short term basis.
0: Mm. Well, actually, some of those topics there the euro, the dollar, commodities leads us to our second topic, which is the role of central bank reserve managers in determining currency directions. This year, this applies to the euro, of course, and and to the dollar as well. We recently saw the IMF COFA data for the third quarter of 2014 come out, which tells us broadly how much of each currency central banks are holding. And we've seen a big proportional drop in how many euros they're holding. Alan, what was your takeaway from this data? And how does this help us work out how the euro dollar might trade this year?
1: Firstly, I think it fits very well with the anecdote that negative interest rates are having an impact in terms of central bank reserve allocation to the extent that central banks are very keen to preserve capital. They don't want to give the BIS or another central bank $100 and receive $99.8 back. And so negative interest rates, I think, are having a material impact in terms of their holdings and negative impact in terms of their euro holdings in particular. But one should also keep in mind the longer term trends. And The euro's allocation in the third quarter dropped to below 23%, and it hadn't been that low since 2002. So there's a trend in place here. It's more than just one quarter's data. It did see a peak in the order of about 28%. That's the euro's share peaked around 28% of total reserves, and it has been trending down for the last five years or so.
0: Could we not see, I mean, I remember during the Eurozone debt crisis and the Euro was trading a lot stronger than people kept saying it, you know, everyone kept saying, oh, the Euro should fall and it kept kind of staying stubbornly strong. And one reason given was that people said we're seeing reserve managers actually buying the Euro on the dips. Could we see that again this year? Or do you think that there's just been a shift in attitude towards the Euro?
1: I think there's been a shift in attitude towards the Euro, but probably even more important, there's been a shift in attitude towards the dollar. So I think the dollar is seen now as the preeminent currency, in part because of this large growth divergence that is finally translating into a policy divergence where U.S. interest rates are expected higher this year. So I think that has been a a huge story as well. And in the past, we've seen shifts out of the euro into the likes of Canada, the Canadian dollar and the Aussie dollar. And those currencies are, again, also losing a little bit of their shine in part because of commodity prices coming down.
0: Okay, that brings us to our final topic, which is that we can't do a currency podcast these days without mentioning the Fed. Alan, we've seen the dollar continue to hit multi-year highs at the start of 2015. What is your prediction for when the Fed will raise interest rates?
1: I think the Fed's likely to hike interest rates in June, pretty much as they've signaled, and continue hiking rates such that we end the year, that's the end of 2015, with the Fed funds rate targeted around 1% to 100 basis points.
0: So that's actually towards the lower end of what they've signaled, because they've said it could be a little bit higher.
1: Yes, I think it's still going to be very, very important to keep in mind the U.S. is going to jump up the rankings curve as far as interest rates are concerned when comparing them with other G10 currencies. And I think the other element that's kind of intriguing is that as they hike interest rates, the yield curve is typically going to flatten. It has been flattening of late, which is normally very good for bond inflows into the U.S. as well, and typically is very supportive for equity inflows as well. So I think capital flows into the U.S. will benefit from this shape of the yield curve flattening.
0: Okay, that's it from us this week. Alan Ruskin, thank you very much. Hard Currency will be back next week. But until then, you can read up-to-date FX news and analysis on our website, ft.com forward FX. Goodbye.
1: For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.